What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back to the Built on Bitcoin podcast, where we cover all the innovation happening across the Bitcoin ecosystem. And that's what we're doing today. But it's it's been a crazy time, crazy, crazy week. I think I saw Bitcoin just dropped to its lowest point in two years, over two years, with this whole FTX explosion thing, which really is crazy. There's been quite a few villains of people just mismanaging funds, going long when it should should have been not so leveraged, a bunch of stuff over these past you know year or so in this bear market, which is my first one, and it's just been wild to see. But uh, yeah, everyone's still reeling from the FTX thing, and it's actually a good time to talk to the founder I have today, which is Tycho Onash. He is the co-founder of something called Zest Protocol, which is on-chain Bitcoin capital markets. It's on stacks, uh, but lends out Bitcoin to institutional borrowers who want to uh, borrow against their balance sheet and LPs who want to lend out their Bitcoin and get a yield. So it's one of the first Bitcoin products that's all on-chain that's offering under-collateralized Bitcoin lending. So super, super cool. Um, I'm not usually a finance guy, but Tycho made it super easy to understand. This one was fascinating. And we cover a bunch about his background when it came to choosing a chain, why go with Stacks versus something else, and a bunch of other stuff around Zest Protocol and what this actually is that they're building. So without further ado, let's jump in. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. We all know Bitcoin is for the innovators, the revolutionaries, and the builders looking to build a better world for themselves and for the next generation. We also know the saying, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. The same thing applies to building on Bitcoin. If you want to come build with the most active developer community building new use cases for Bitcoin, then it's time you make the leap to learning Clarity. Clarity is the Stack's smart contract programming layer which enables us to work on DeFi, smart contracts, and so much more, all built with the safety and security that comes with Bitcoin. Start today by going to start.stacks.org. Start.stacks.org has a five-step journey that will take you from complete Stacks novice to teaching you clarity all the way to finding a job with a Web3 Stacks startup. Don't wait another month, year, or decade waiting to get involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Start building on Bitcoin today. Go to start.stacks.org to start learning and building today. As always, thank you to the Stacks Foundation for sponsoring. And now, without further ado, let's jump into this podcast with Tycho Onash, co-founder of Zest Protocol. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. Heiko, how are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, no, no, great. Good to good to see you, and uh, yeah, very very excited to 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 be here. I think we've talked for quite a bit about uh, about doing this, so uh, you know, here we uh, here we are. Yeah, this is I'm excited for this one. This has been somewhat of a long time coming, but we were waiting for the right time. Ideally, you know, testnet launching feels like an appropriate time. So, first of all, you know, it's been I'm sure it's been months and months and months of work. So, congratulations for getting to this stage. That's huge. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's been been quite a, I guess we sort of started some development around January of this year. So it's like, 
good that we're we're here now and we can iron out all the all the bugs that everyone everyone finds and stuff like that. So uh, you know the work definitely definitely continues, but it's uh, put a good what's a good like uh, thing on the horizon for uh, you know going to mainnet. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love to jump in. There's a ton to talk about. Zest will be probably the bulk of this, but I think you have an interesting story to go kind of in the weeds about. And the first way I like to start most conversations is what got you into Bitcoin? Because the more I ask this question, it sounds so simple on the front end. Like, what fascinates you about Bitcoin? What got you in? It's like, well, it could be a bunch of things. It could be sovereign, blah, blah, blah. It could be the economy's going to blah, blah, blah. There's always different angles to Bitcoin. So for you, what, what was the kind of like carrot that really got you in and intrigued? Yeah, the good good point. I think like the first time I so I, I'm 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 from 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 the Netherlands, by the way. So um yeah, I grew up in a in, in Amsterdam, a little bit outside of Amsterdam. But um yeah, the first time I heard about Bitcoin, I was still in uh, in, in secondary school. Um and uh, actually, someone in my economics class gave a presentation about Bitcoin. Like we all had to do like these presentations and so on. I was like, yeah, this Bitcoin thing, and it was like quite well known. I think like in uh, at, at at that time, I remember in the news, it was like you know, I think like the sort of twenty twenty eleven or twenty twelve, like the bull run around that time was like in the in the news and stuff, and people were like looking at this. But I think the main thing that seemed quite interesting to about it initially was that it's like a, it's a a kind of a money you know, that's, that's, that, yeah, I mean, money should be very simple, right? And like, uh, uh, you know, money in the, in, in the current economy is very complicated. And this is like a very simple kind of money that exists on the internet in some way. And it, it sort of, it sort of works. So that was always kind of like a fascinating thing, but it seemed like this kind of play thing. And I remember back then I was like, oh, let's try and buy it. Right. But I was, you know, I was underage at that time. So, uh, uh, it was it was quite it was not very easy to do so it was like well let's kind of leave it right and then later it kind of kept resurfacing right in these sort of bubbles as I think all of us uh, uh, you know experienced like in these sort of different bull runs and stuff so um, yeah then at some point you've heard it five times and you're like hmm, let's look a bit deeper into it okay and just I'm sure my own ignorance secondary school is is that middle school it's like high school it's like high school I guess so it was like 14 or something back then okay. And um, yeah, that was like, uh, we had like these economics class presentations and uh, uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the things um, that's so fascinating about crypto because there's so many decentralization, privacy focused, pseudonymity is like, unlike any other kind of like career or industry I've seen, um, you're just judged on your merits. Like, what do you bring to the table? And so like, you're a very young dude and, but you just have, you show up, you have an idea, you can, you know, get in the weeds about whatever you got to build and, and get to, get to go. And so, um, I guess I'm curious of what was your kind of journey going from, did you go to college? I guess that's an opener question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I did, I did. So that was like really when, when I got in, in touch with crypto, like really the second, second time. So I studied in the UK in, uh, in, in Oxford, and uh, at that, uh, I studied history there. But a couple of my friends were in the kind of computer science department, and uh, and I, I sort of heard about this, you know, Ethereum thing, right, the smart contract thing, right? Because I think Gavin Wood was just before, before I went there, he had been around um around around oxford and um yeah there were like for the first time there were like people who i considered sort of very smart in a sort of computer science way who were like talking about this thing right where i first sort of heard about it more as like a you know kind of like a meme almost right like haha money on the internet look how funny and these were like sort of people in my eyes were very serious right 
and uh, and who, uh, who who were who were who were looking at it. So that 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 um, that was sort of I think the moment when uh, yeah when when I kind of came came across it uh, again, and that was really like sort of when it stuck. Okay, this is like an interesting interesting thing. Then I found the SaaS company after that, so it was like didn't sort of fully follow through with it, I guess. But then when the when the SaaS company turned profitable around 2020, sort of looked back. Okay, how is the crypto thing going now? And then it was like okay. Now is really the time to do something. Okay. So so help me help me with that journey a little bit. So I'm assuming you're going to college not expecting to do anything in crypto. You were doing some other target. And then did you just say you started a SaaS company? Did you did you sell that business? Um yeah, so so what 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 uh ended up happening there was a SaaS company mainly focused on like the government, government space and and and, and a lot of nonprofits for our customers. So uh um so yeah, what we what we ended up doing there is like it's still it's still going and it's now a profitable profitable company so i guess uh uh yeah 2020 was like the moment when we kind of turned it turned it profitable and it was kind of like uh let's get people in who are there for the long run and not these kind of you know young guys that are like want to keep pushing i want to grow it as fast as possible because like the market doesn't really want to right so we um yeah we we, we changed kind of like the management so to say and then uh then it was like yeah then, uh, onto the onto the next thing got it Okay, and then when you're starting to decide, I like this crypto thing. Bitcoin looks interesting. You're trying to find maybe some white space of like where you can fill, like be of value. What did that kind of transition look like? Yeah, yeah. I think for me it was really so. In 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 2017 and 2016, I was looking with like a lot of curiosity at all these IPOs, right? And uh, and I was really wondering like, okay, what what is like the first sort of product going to be that's going to come out of this that people will use right because this is just like a company with a token attached to it like that that's maybe not not really something very crypto native and um and it was always like yeah it needs to be like an internet first use case but what right and then in 2020 it became very obvious right because then it was like DeFi summer right and like DeFi exploded um and um and, and this made a lot of sense to me because it was like hey what are people doing with crypto like outside of smart contracts well they're like you know, trading on Binance or something, right? And now we can do this like in a in in like a, a crypto native way, like with 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 smart contracts. Um, and 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 then I sort of you know went and sort of looked deeper into it. Like there was this whole like real world assets movement, right? Of like, or basically people like tokenizing real world assets to then use that in DeFi, right? So people have talked about tokenization for like a super long time, right? They're like, yeah, at some point. So it's tokenized real estate and it's, and it's like in 2017 it was like hey but, but what is the demand for that really right and now it's like very clear that's like this crypto native demand that requires like real world assets to be tokenized to do stuff with um and then i was like okay like this DeFi thing like that 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 could like pull pull in like a lot of a lot of different different people into the space or a lot of different you know use cases or or, or assets even that i was like, okay this this makes a lot of sense um and um but yeah then the sort of big gap seemed to be like well doing something with bitcoin there right so it's like there's all this institutional adoption of bitcoin and then they're like oh this DeFi thing is really cool but then they're like oh wait it's like a completely different world uh so yeah we won't we, we won't we won't touch that right so uh i guess that was sort of the uh, uh you know and around that time i kind of got across stacks as well like you know just launching the mainnet and you know some of the unique features i was like hey maybe there is something here where you can do DeFi with bitcoin let's let's just go and have a have a look um so yeah, maybe I'm front running already. The next questions you want to ask, but uh, no, you know, no, you're, yeah, you're making but, my uh, job. Yeah. You're, make, you're making my job easy. <laughs> um, now this, this is all super intriguing. So, were you always? Because when you're looking at what you're, what you just said, like you could go to other chains and do similar things. Was there something about Bitcoin? 
that you've always kind of had a stronger thesis on. So you're always kind of going to be in either Liquid, RSK, Stacks, etc., and not look at any other chains. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's it, it's like I was I was I was kind of looking around a bit at that time as well, right? Okay, what are all the different things you can you can build on? Like what are what are people what are people doing, right? Um, and um, but yeah, I was just mainly intrigued in doing something with Bitcoin and DeFi because that seemed to be like a kind of yeah, like a missed a bit, a bit, a bit of a blind spot, really. Um, and it's okay. How can it actually be done? And then you know you kind of I remember looking at, at at RSK or into that around around the same time. And then I was like, okay, but you know, and, and but Stack seems to be much more compelling to me just because of its sort of unique architecture, right? And then really, what specifically mean by that is like that you can read Bitcoin states right from Stacks, like from Clarity contracts, and that you can um, and that the blocks are produced at the same time, right? So and that's like a really unique thing that just you you can't like just add that as a feature to Solana or something, right? It's like sort of fundamentally how you set this thing up. Um, and it's like, well, if there's going to be any place where you're going to do something at Bitcoin, then it kind of has to be here uh, or it has to leverage these these sort of unique features. So that was like kind of what what, what sort of drew me drew me to Stacks. And then of course, like, you know, the great community there and like, you know, then you kind of kind of kind of stick. But I guess really the thought was like, okay, what what is something that we can do here that you can really only do with this with this technology right and um and yeah like it wouldn't just wouldn't really make sense anywhere else got it okay very cool um okay so i'm intrigued about your kind of ascent if you will into building zest into getting hired at trash machines and we've probably gotten the stacks at similar ish times it sounds like and um there's multiple entities now that sprung up you know you have the foundation doing open source work you have stacks ventures doing investment stuff Trust machines spun up to be build Bitcoin applications. Although that's what I'm curious about is like trust machines is still, it seems like it's still kind of a black box. You guys are ramping up marketing and like what you guys actually do on the inside. But as someone who's been in stacks a while and had a podcast, I prided myself on knowing what's going on. And it just appeared out of nowhere. Like you didn't really have a big brand on Twitter at the time. And then you were like, I'm building this thing at Trust Machines. I'm a, I'm a product manager there. And I was like, what? How, how? He didn't come in the front door. He came in the back door kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm curious right. about what, what did that look like to like kind of technically to go from your idea to then getting in the Trust Machines? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it, so first it was I was just kind of looking around, right? I was just kind of, and I, I, I knew like Luis was the head of growth at, uh, or was like leading, leading growth at the Stacks foundation and um so that was like a great great way in or he was like hey look at this look at that so our first way in was reading the grant proposals right that's like the great thing of the stacks foundation you can like go to the github and you can kind of read what people propose and back then it was like really interesting because it's like, okay there's this blockchain out there like what do people want to build right and then it was like you know philip from Arcadico being like hey this is my grant this is what i want or uh from 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 alex like posting the grant proposal there or like uh, uh Zach from from ellen swap right and it's like and i was just like the guy like commenting on there being like, oh cool um and um yeah and then like the stack accelerator got got started and then i um i i, I basically i got in touch with trevor and was like well i would be would love to be a mentor here right if that's if that's possible right to uh basically to help some of these early teams maybe our first-time entrepreneurs and uh Kind of help them think through some of those early uh, decisions of like you know kind of one-on-one stuff, right? Like, hey, how do you do a fundraising funnel, or like how do we 
set up hiring or what, why do we hire who and, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that was sort of what I, what I was sort of, you know, doing this kind of, this kind of discovery phase. And then, um, yeah, it kind of became clear to me that no one who was building in DeFi was like one was going to do something with this read access to Bitcoin state, right? Or like some of these unique stack features that are all very much like stack token to stack token, right? Like the Dex and on Alex, which is like great, right? But, um, but I was like, hey, someone like we need to do something with these unique Bitcoin features at some point. Um, and um, yeah, as I was sort of thinking a bit about that, or so like pitching it also to other people, like, well, why would you like, why would you not do this, right? If you're if you're Arcadico and, and Philip was there, like, yeah, it's very complex, like it's all very difficult, and I don't think the tooling is there, and so on. So I was like, okay, right. And then um, yeah, as I was thinking more about it, then I got in touch with with Gina, and I was um, kind of explaining what I was thinking about, and so on. And she was like, oh well. You know, this is like in October, I guess, of last last year, and she's like, "Oh well, like you know, Manit is kind of getting started with his trust machines thing, and maybe maybe you should talk because he has like similar ideas, right? Or he wants to like build a similar kind of Bitcoin lending application, sort of what you're what you're thinking about here or describing." Um, and yeah, that's um, that's sort of when when I then got in touch with Manit and, and, and JP, and uh, yeah, and back then trust machines was not not announced yet, right? So it was just like, I mean, Manit was was also still like the CEO of Hero and the only other person building something was uh, uh, Chris, right? Castic on, on Twitter building console. Um, and yeah, but it was not really, that was not a structured environment or something, right? It was just like, well, you know, you've built a company before, you've built something before, like you just go, right? <laughs> you just figure it out, right? And then uh, met, met Fred Ferdinand and uh, uh, a friend of a friend at the time, but now a very, very good friend, uh, um, Emil or Yosom on the, on Twitter, who uh, sort of teamed up with us, with the three of us to then uh, then go like let's let's build this build this thing right. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of how how it kind of all all kind of came came together. And then yeah, I guess my official title at Trust Machine is like general manager, right? It's like there's uh, there's now I think four four or five of us, but um, building different kind of applications. But uh, but yeah, it's just more like kind of an entrepreneur residence almost kind of thing, right? It's just like uh, uh, um, yeah. Like uh, just just go, I guess. Very cool. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I think that's a pretty good segue to jump into what you're building. So, and yeah, what 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 is this thing that's so zesty? Uh, Zest mm. protocol. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is Zest protocol? So, yeah. What, what we what we you know really started with was like, okay, we we want to build a Bitcoin yield um, platform, right? Like a using these unique features of stacks to lock Bitcoin in a smart contract and earn a yield on it. And then, okay, how how are we sort of going to do that, right? And of course, the main thing will be like lending, right? Uh, um, like there's quite a large market out there of people borrowing Bitcoin. Like, you know, at that time, I was just like reading the Genesis quarterly reports to kind of figure out like that was a pretty big market. And it was like, hey, who is borrowing Bitcoin and, uh, and how are they doing that, right? And, and who are who are these 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 people? And then discovered that that's mainly market makers who primarily borrow Bitcoin under collateralized, right, or just to get their balance sheet, which makes sense, right? Because if you're going to put up collateral, you probably would want to always put up something more stable than the thing that you're borrowing. But in in crypto, the most stable thing is Bitcoin, right? So, um, so um, so yeah. Then then we sort of realized, okay, it needs to be like this kind of institutional lending application where. Um, where 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 people are people are yeah essentially like pooling pooling capital which can then uh, be lent out through the protocol to institutions right and then uh, I came across like Maple Finance that had already done that with UCC and ETH and um, but yeah essentially I think like really the fundamental insight is here like well 
Bitcoin is money, right? So if Bitcoin is money, then there is companies out there with future earnings in Bitcoin, and they benefit from bringing those to the present through borrowing, right? To invest and growing into their business. Um, and, uh, and today that's mainly market makers, right? They borrow a lot of Bitcoin, but also other cryptocurrencies, right? To, to, to market make with, to trade essentially. Um, and uh, we just like sort of like they're leveraging their future future earnings, right? Because they take in Bitcoin to make more Bitcoin with, right? through arbitrage and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, they generate like a really good strong real yield. But then after that, you can you know can can imagine that we'll move more into the mining space, right? A lot of miners, you know, they they earn Bitcoin, they have future earnings in Bitcoin. It makes sense for them to borrow Bitcoin, you know, sell that, cover their operations, and sort of make it back over time, right? Um, and then after that, it could really be like any company that has future earnings in, in Bitcoin um, to uh, uh, yeah, either borrow against those or sort of hedge it out, right? If you're a luxury company and you're like accepting, uh, uh, accepting Bitcoin for your handbags, right? Maybe you don't want to hold Bitcoin on your balance sheet. So then for every Bitcoin payment you get, you sort of borrow Bitcoin and sort of uh, sell that to sort of hedge out, I guess, the balance sheet kind of risk of, 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 of holding the Bitcoin. So. Yeah, so there's, I guess, like a bunch of, uh, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of different things to to think about. But it's more like, well, if this Bitcoin economy is going to be a thing, then uh, you know you need capital markets, right? That's kind of the the very simple insight. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, describing it as a Bitcoin yield platform makes a lot of sense, and I can see how the the underclass lending piece is just the first little domino or like product you could offer. There's so many more that you can offer under that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. And at that time, it was really also like like block five Celsius were at that time, the big ones, right? And everyone was like, oh, why would someone use something decentralized? You know, people already use block five Celsius and they're basically doing this, right? They take it in and then they, they lend it up, right? And then they, they earn, earn yield. And then it was like, oh, ha, it didn't work so well, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe we do need to do it on bang, right? So it was like, uh, yeah, sometimes you sort of think, well, at some point this will make sense. But then in crypto, always things like play out, like, you know, when you think it might play out in years, it plays out in months. So. I think that one, uh, yeah, that one kind of paid off. Right, right. Um, I, I've, so you said future earnings in Bitcoin. And as, and as I was doing research for this, you said that in one of your recent talks too. And maybe I'm just left curve. I don't understand what that means. Mm. It's actually good feedback because maybe I should explain it differently. But yeah, I don't know. Like, um, what is what does future earnings in Bitcoin mean? Um, well, it means if you if you if you like a miner has future earnings in bitcoin for example right because they can sort of say okay uh we we, we mine we have this amount of of hash power so this is going to lead to you know this many bitcoin earnings right so they can kind of map that out right to some extent um and uh, so that means that they have future earnings in bitcoin right you can kind of they can kind of predict okay if we just keep going then we earn this much bitcoin over the next six months right and then you can, yeah, like bring that to the present, right? Like that's kind of borrowing. You're kind of, uh, you're basically getting an underwriter to say, okay, we think your future earnings kind of make sense. So we will give you those earnings now. Okay. Okay. I'm starting to get it. So like the Bitcoin, the mining equipment they're using currently is producing hash rate. And that's producing Bitcoins in the present day relative to their part of the pool or their hash rate to the pool. but just like how a a bank might lend your business something based on your revenue or your profits, you can take a lo- you're saying you can take a loan on that, and there's like an expectation of profit that the bank can then assume is true, and you could bring that into the future and then do whatever you want with it, whether you want to expand the business yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 
Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's also the same with market makers, right? Like they borrow a bunch of Bitcoin because they've got incredibly smart market making algorithms to move this around across exchanges and to sort of make markets really, right? And then that results in Bitcoin earnings. And then they have future earnings in Bitcoin now too. Okay. That one's confusing me again, but we can but we can pause it. <laughs> that that's okay. Yeah. I'm sure I can do my own research. And I'm, I'm sure that I have enough. You gave me enough data there to understand that. Okay. That, so thank you for that. That's super interesting. Um. Then actually, before we go deeper into Zest Protocol, is this the most decentralized attempt at this kind of application that currently exists? Yeah. So I would I would think so. Um, Yes. Um, I mean, of course, what would be something you could imagine that could be potentially more decentralized is if you would have like an over-collateralized Bitcoin loan, right? Because then you could like always liquidate the collateral and people could, you know, get get their, get their, get their Bitcoin back. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that most also in like real capital markets, right? Like the uh, only a fraction of, of loans are over-collateralized. So like the 2% or something of all loans in the world are over-collateralized. And most are like, if, I don't know, uh, uh, um, you know, um, ExxonMobil or something borrows, right? They borrow against their balance sheet, right? They don't put collateral for their, for their sort of corporate corporate bond because they have like such a good balance sheet or they have such solid future earnings, right? Um, and um, so to really grow an economy, you need this kind of, you need capital markets, so you need to be able to borrow against, you know, future earnings, not against something you already have today, uh, right? That's why we have all these nice things in our lives. <laughs> it's like it's ma- mainly like some sort of financial engineering of being okay. We have, we know, we have those future earnings. Let's try to bring some of those to the present. You pay like a premium for that, but you know, then you can sort of do other things with it. Um, and then how how it works with with that kind of credits, right? Um, is that there will always be some or a little bit of information uh, uh, that that is not public, right? About about credits or about underwriting, right? Um, and the way that sort of Zest protocol is, is is built, also building on like other iterations, right? Like Maple Finance and so on, is that basically every pool or every Bitcoin pool on, on Zest protocol has like a pool delegates, and they are the ones doing like off-chain due diligence on these on these borrowers to actually check the books, right? To run all these sort of very complicated, uh, uh, you know, financial analyses to make sure like that to determine their credit worthiness and how much they should be able to borrow at what rate. Um, and then they sort of, you know, from the pool, they say like, okay, well, you're, you're, you know, say, uh, I don't know, Citadel, you know, you're pretty good. So you're allowed to borrow this much from that because you've looked at the book. So it, it makes sense. Um, but that, that's, that's not, that's not public. Right. And then the idea is that you have like a lot of pools with a lot of different pool managers or pool delegates, right. They're all competing with each other on, you know, how, how good they can, they can underwrite. Right. So it's basically creating this kind of decentralized network of these, of these underwriters who, uh, um, make it all work. Fascinating. Okay. I have like, I have like four different questions of thinking I can go down at, at, at a point right now. Um, I think I'll go. So you mentioned two percent of loans are over collateralized, which makes sense, I guess. Like, uh, it's very capital inefficient, yeah, like f- or five or something, right? Like, don't pay me down. It's something like that. It's low. It's extremely low. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned borrow against the balance sheet. Is it is it safe to think of borrowing against your balance sheet? This, how does balance borrowing against your balance sheet and taking on leverage are those pretty close? 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's like the same, almost the same same thing, right? Um, or well, take yeah, it's, it's 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 you're levering your balance sheet. Right? <laughs> That's what you're doing if you're borrowing against your your balance sheet. Um, it's sort of like um, um, well, balance sheet and future earnings. I guess the sort of you know if you just think about it very simply, right? If you're, for example, a podcaster, right? You have some some earnings, right? And then um, you know that that and you have some some sort of cash in your bank, right? And that also kind of creates some some assets, right? And that that's sort of your balance sheet. And then um, uh, yeah, borrowing against your balance sheet is basically that you know a bank or something is going to look okay. How much cash do you have, or how many uh, desks in your background, right? What are they worth? And then okay, well we're we will give you a loan of of this. Right? Okay. Yep, that makes perfect sense. You're giving me a, a finance one on one right now, really. So. <laughs> So um, you mentioned the pools, they have different underwriters that becomes almost like their reputation. And there's kind of like a, they can compete on underwriting requirements, maybe KYC versus non-KYC or how much yield you get. Where's the, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's sort of two, two different, so, so they can definitely com- sort of compete a bit on like what, how they will kind of lend, right? Like maybe one pool is like, well, our pool is like uh lends to miners, right? And our pool lends to market makers, right? And they have very different risk profiles, which will lead to different yields and so on. Um, and also like the other sort of thing that pools can do differently is that they can either be like permissionless pools, right? Which is like sort of a pool where anyone can basically add Bitcoin to, or it's going to be a, a permissioned one, right? Where essentially only whitelisted addresses could could do so. Um, and yeah, that just depends a bit on like, you know, how the, how the sort of pool delegate in this in the sense wants to organize it right some just want to be might want to be just institutional to institutional others you know most of them just want to be completely open um yeah it just depends a bit on like what the strategy of that specific pool would be got it okay and the, the idea of the competing you almost have like a free market of pools that starts to take shape which is, i find very interesting in the in the centralized world is there a closest corollary, like is Lending Club and these kind of like crowdsourced ones kind of similar? Or is it is it different in crypto where it unlocks something new? Yeah, I think I think the sort of main thing to think about is like um, you know, like BlockFi or Celsius or Ledin, right? Or some of those, um, you know, the 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 ones of old, so to say, because they were sort of fulfilling this pretty important role in the you know Bitcoin economy almost, you could you could say, right? Where people would sort of put their Bitcoin there and then they would you know, lend it out to these kind of market makers or some would lend to miners and so on, right? Um, and um, the problem there was that that it's very, like, opaque, right? Because it's like, okay, you send your your money there and then, you know, they, they you sort of lose track. It's like a black box, right? If you put money on Celsius, you have no idea, right? But what, what if, you, if you still have it, like, who has it, how, how it works. Um, and... Um, and 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 uh, yeah, that that could have you know, avoided a lot of harm if that was much more transparent, right? Because in the end, basically what happened was that Celsius was like, oh, we are lending to Three Arrows Capital, and BlockFi was like, oh, we also lend to them. We have a good relationship with them. Uh, but in the end, what what appeared is like everyone thought they had a good relationship with Three Arrows Capital, and everyone was lending way too much to them, and they didn't know that of each other, right? And then um, yeah, and then you get you get you get problems if like one one goes one goes under, right? And then what even then happened after that was like everyone was like, oh, let's take our money away from there. So massive withdrawals, huge fudge, right? And then yeah, then these lenders, it's like the classic bank run scenario, right? And in, in normal finance, you have like a I mean, that's where the lender of last resort comes in, right? You say, like at some point, okay, there's a bank run. Well, we have to 
this sort of center entity. But in crypto, you don't have that. So then poof, everything goes. But then that also means that like the most credit worthy players, right? Or the ones that you know actually deserve to have, you know, good, 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 good loans, they also can't fund themselves anymore, right? So like the best market makers in the business with the best balance sheet could also at, at, at that sort of the stroke of a pen no longer uh, uh, you know access access credit right so a bit of what happened in like May uh, uh, May of, of, of this year was sort of like well think like 2008 without any intervention right it's like the whole the, the sort of this small crypto financial system that we had just like totally totally disappearing or really like the, the sort of crypto uh, uh, um, crypto sort of capital markets like totally disappearing. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, let's build it up, you know, again, but then on chain, right, where, where it belongs. And, and again, like, you know, Maple Finance has like done a lot of great work here, same for Clearpool and some of these other institutional lending platforms, which is really like the only thing that's, that kind of, you know, works in a big way in DeFi at the moment. Um, uh, well, especially in lending are these, uh, are these, are these sort of institutional lending platforms. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess if, 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 Block five Celsius or whatever would have used sort of Zest's rails, right? Or Maple Finance rails. Like you know, we could have avoided a lot of lot of harm. But uh, but yeah, so here we here we are. That's that's a good sales pitch right there. Um okay, interesting. And we've talked about a good a, a good amount about the kind of like lending side, like that side of the portion and, the, and who that target audience is. On the kind of like getting a yield, the hodlers in some sense. Um who who is that for? And I guess like maybe the questions in like the different pool delegates, but is there like minimums and stuff like that where it's like you're going to institution on the lending side? Are you going for big whales on the funding side, or how do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think it's it's really for 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 the init. So at at the start, we'll just very slowly kind of would 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 scale up like how these how the how the sort of zest protocol. Uh, you know, pools get 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 filled up and make loans and right. Just kind of like in the beginning, it's going to be a check. Like, does it does it all work? You mm-hmm. know, does it all work according to according to plan? Um, and um, yeah, when when it comes to like the 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 first liquidity providers, really, um, like I think it's it's most likely that it will be people who are quite DeFi native, but that have had this Bitcoin sitting around, right? Who are like, okay, we've been looking for a yield opportunity for this Bitcoin. But the best thing we found so far was, well, putting it on a centralized platform, but we didn't want to do that. Or we could, you know, wrap it and go earn two basis points on Aave, right? Which so is like 0.03 or maybe 0.07 or something. You can always look, look that one up. But um, but yeah, it's like notoriously low, right? And then it's okay, well, then we might as well just not not earn yield with this, with this Bitcoin, right? So it's maybe like there's DeFi savvy users or like DeFi savvy kind of funds or something right to sort of have a bit of a, a duty towards their own investors to go earn a yield with their uh with their with their assets right so i think that's where, where where it will start and then you know that's like the probably the more you know early adopter sort of slice of the population right but if you can then show that it's it's safe and it's good for bitcoin right i think that's like the main thing because if you can lend to these you know from from if these pools can lend to lend to uh you know market makers that make bitcoin more liquid right or if they lend to miners that you know secure the wealth of bitcoiners better or if you know some pools could potentially you know lend to bitcoin based businesses in wherever the world they might be right then it's like hey this is this is like a good thing for bitcoin so we should not hold our bitcoin we should like put it to work right to fuel the bitcoin economy um and um yeah i think that's kind of 
the the sort of sort of thought where we where we kind of want to want to go. But yeah, initially you just need to see like okay, who is who are like the first people that like are asking for this, right? And that's like all those, uh, um, yeah, that's like people who've, who've done this before, you know, on other on other chains. Perfect. Very cool. Yeah, Physicus des- designed very uh, you know in a, in a smart overtime way, very safe way. Um, okay, I got a couple more questions. We haven't talked about technically how some of this works, but I think I'm going to save that. You've, you've talked about it in quite a few other talks recently, so I'm just going to link those down below if people want to know about how the DLCs work or how Bitcoin stacks intertwine. You, you've, you've explained that pretty well in other videos, so we won't, we won't recap it here. I am curious, though, because you're at the kind of bleeding edge of trying to push Bitcoin use stacks, interplay with clarity and reading reading Bitcoin state. What was some of the hardest technical or design problems that had to be overcame while you're building this out? Yeah, I think uh, what would have been great, you know, great to be here with uh with with uh, with and, and Franz Ferdinand. But uh no I think I think the the two that well initially we we sort of focused really hard on the contracts and getting a contracts design to work also because you know that's what you need to audit and that will take a long time right and now the two audits are, are complete and so on but i think the thing that's actually was was probably the hardest is like well if you're if you're building something on ethereum or or even if you're just doing like stacks to stacks tokens you quite you have quite a lot of like dev tools that work work very well for you right in terms of like uh you know it's kind of the hidden work of a DeFi application it's kind of like the 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 ui right and like a transaction happens and then poof you go to the next screen in the ui and we'll kind of you know assume so that that works well but that's like not not the contract right that's a separate thing um and and there you've got all kinds of great apis and great tools for uh for 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 even for stacks transactions right or for stuff on ethereum or stuff on solana like you know you can just plug and play uh but then then when you want to actually start doing stuff with Bitcoin, right? Or so like with like testnet Bitcoin, right? Then you need to do Electrum, uh, you need to Electrum wallet. Then so suddenly you realize like, whoa, like the last time that people really tried to use this was, you know, in 2015, right? <laughs> and it's still like open source and it's there and not much has happened since. Um, and um, yeah, so then it's really like, okay, we needed to build out a lot of things also like with the help of like Hero and uh, Thomas from, from Fungi systems we also had on here at some point right he, he helped us a lot with the data indexing side but really like the sort of challenge of like okay you're sending someone through a flow and it's like okay now they send bitcoin well if the bitcoin is received then send it to the next screen like that is like you know that was really really tricky to do and it still is right like if people go use our testnet they will they will figure out they will, they will be able to find some bugs right that were like <laughs> are being fixed right now but uh you know that's how this that's why it's testnet right um but but yeah hopefully we we have like created a lot of things or we've like kind of taken out a lot of the weeds you know for people to uh for people to 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 build something similar with less less friction right and that's also why it makes a lot of sense to do this like so closely like with 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 trust machines right or from trust machines because uh yeah already at the start it was okay like we're really going to push the envelope here and like um yeah it, it 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 makes sense to uh to to do that in like a setup where there are like resources as well to you know do a lot of underlying work that normally i guess as an as an as a sort of entrepreneur or builder like you can just kind of assume that there is um yeah i would say that that's been like the main the main sort of uh obstacle um and then it's also like a bit on the other side like just explain to people how it works and why it's 
like why it works this this way right and um because i think people are very like they're like okay token in a smart contract and then that and you know here it works a little bit differently but it's still kind of pressed to aim aims for the same same sort of user experience but um but that's like also a big a big one we need to really make make people people comfortable and so on but uh but yeah that's kind of what we what we want stacks to do in the future too so okay very cool yeah it's, uh, it's, it's interesting yeah. that the um you know one of the benefits of ethereum is that like because there's so many devs over there you have like the tooling that makes the tooling easier for the like it's kind of like it builds on itself and you don't really think about it you just want to you have the idea and you want to get to building and not realize there's a bunch of little like middleware stuff that's just not there yet yeah yeah and that's what consensus did as well that's fair like i mean that's kind of trust me sort of you know sometimes you sort of you need to explain it to people it's a bit like well think consensus but then for building on bitcoin right and mm-hmm. they like consensus built all these great tools for uh like in pura and so on for for just making it really easy to uh to to to, to do to stuff on with ethereum or metamask even for that matter right uh just like how do we okay there's this blockchain thing how do we make it actually easy for people to, to use it to build on it and so on and they became like a massive company with with all of these first apps, but also just like you know, paving the way with with with, with good good tooling, right? So, uh, um, yeah, these things take time, right? So um, that's also what 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 the people here are working on really hard, and and um, yeah, and that's that's why 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 we're sort of yeah why we're here. Perfect. Okay, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Last question. I like to end on kind of a positive high note. And so I'm thinking like, you know, Stacks is number three, maybe it's number two, you know, it's, it's, it's hugged up to Bitcoin and uh, it's like five years in the future. You guys have been executing phenomenally in your kind of ideal, perfect, rosy colored glasses future. What is, what does Zest look like in five years from now and what kind of impact has that on the world? Yeah, no, that's uh that's a really, uh, a really good picture to paint i think yeah i think five years from now like uh yeah gosh i think it would be it would be really really exciting i think to i think it's something like zest becomes infrastructure right i think that's like the real the real the real thing so most people there are a lot of people interacting with zest protocol but they don't know that they're 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 doing that right um and i guess that could be a lot of different pools that will have different strategies right and some are lending to some pools are lending to miners and other pools are lending to market makers and others are lending to businesses in El Salvador or something, right? That like have future earnings in Bitcoin in that way. And, you know, you have this kind of global capital market. And then as a normal person, I'm just like have my Bitcoin and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put it in this, in this contract, right? And then basically what that contract does is it just takes a little bit of exposure to like a thousand pools, right? <laughs> that all have like, some sort of rebalancing way of like fueling fueling the big Bitcoin economy, like in a way that people now invest in, in ETFs, right? Or in in sort of a basket of, of bonds or something like that. Um and uh yeah, that's I think like really like long term. It's 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 the kind of infrastructure for uh I mean this also a bit what happens when you put your money in a in a bank account, right? You just put your money in a bank account and uh um, which is, by the way, owned by by a centralized entity. But 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 yeah, it, it, in the end, you basically have a basket of a lot of stuff, right? 
uh, uh, and that 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 creates like a little bit of a little bit of, 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 of yield in that in that way, or maybe more, you know, coming coming out. And then here, it like could be the decentralized version where you just put it in a in a contract, and then that puts it in other contracts, puts it in other contracts, and you know, in the end, just kind of makes this whole Bitcoin economy thing go go around, right? And um, I think that's uh, yeah, that's where we'd really really uh, yeah, that would be that would be really exciting to uh, to go there but yeah well, then the question is like where does it start right and the start is like today it's like okay well market makers are very good markets you know to um to 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 lend to from pools and um yeah and that's like where you can you can build like a pretty good business today and then when bitcoin economy takes off then you know you're already there so that's uh i think that's sort of where we uh where where i would say like uh yeah, five years from now, or well, at some point, right? It's a bit. It's not in our hands when this is going to happen, but uh, um, but yeah, when when it does, then um, yeah, we hope to just be able to help help fuel it, right, in, in the background. That's a fascinating North Star. When you were talking about the the Celsius three hours capital kind of blowups and stuff, the note I took to remind myself was on chain can prevent bubbles and bursts, which is kind of what popped in my head. It's like when you have the auditability of something like Zest, and you can kind of see that over time, it's not just changing the money that can make things more stable and sound, but because the money put to go burp makes everything go crazy. But the fact that you could see and audit those things and have more transparency actually makes the whole system just has better data to act on, which is so interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's also like an interesting note to kind of, uh, you know, like at, at the end, like I maybe actually look look it up because I always, I'm trying to learn this first sentence by by heart, but it's like the very first sentence of the Bitcoin white paper, right? It's like, okay, what is Bitcoin, right? And then uh, Satoshi is like writing, it's a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash. Oh, wait, a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one part to another without going through a financial institution. That's like the whole. That's the first sentence of this whole thing, right? That we're doing, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 then it's like, well, if it's a peer-to-peer version of payments without financial institution, then why is the peer-to-peer capital markets like that? That we don't want financial institutions there either, right? Um, and um, um, yeah, it would be a strange world where we have this peer-to-peer peer-to-peer cash that you know couldn't exist on the internet between people without financial institutions. But then when they lend, then they need a financial institution. Right? And 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 they can't do it through through contracts or through 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 pools. I mean, I think that's really what what ties it all uh, all together here. It's like the <laughs> very first sentence of of this of this whole whole thing that we're doing. Yep. Okay. That's. I think that's a good way to end it, my man. Where uh, any closing thoughts that we didn't cover, or if not, where can people find out more about Zest? Yeah. 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 For sure. No. I think yes. Yeah, closing. Closing thoughts is like yeah. So last week we uh, uh, we we launched uh, the vertical testnet. So if you want to test out like um, well, adding adding funds to a pool or providing Bitcoin liquidity, like you can you can do so. Uh, if you need some help, definitely head to the Discord because it's uh, it's definitely a tricky thing to set up everything everything correctly. Um, and uh, and yeah, if you want to learn more about 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 boring potentially, like we have a form, and we'll, it will basically come to my my mailbox at this point. So <laughs> that's me. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess follow follow us on Twitter, like uh, to to stay up to date. And yeah, the, the current aim is to go to mainnet like uh, um, early early next year. And um, yeah, so I uh, hope to uh, hope to see see everyone there uh, there again. Hundred percent. And what's the links for the Twitter and the website? Yeah, for sure. So the website is uh, zestprotocol.com. That's uh, that, that's it. There you'll be able to find find everything. And the Twitter is uh, at zest.
protocol. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty simple. Perfect. Uh, man, Tycho, thank you for doing this. This has been fantastic. I learned a ton. Hopefully people got a ton of value with this as well. So uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on the time, man. This has been great. Yeah, no, amazing. It was it was great to great to do this. And then on on the next time, right? We can come back when uh, when we've done a few million in loan stuff like that. That's we, right. Uh, we can we can chat. We can chat again. So let's let's see how it goes. That's right. Next year, we're going to see the 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 progression and ascension of Zest Protocol. So uh, until until it hits the backbone of all things in five years from now. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Good. It's good to be here and uh, speak soon. Cool. Thank you, Taco. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. I know that things don't always go your way, but I'll be right here waiting. I've been waiting now, been trying to figure out a way to make it out. Make it out, cause I don't think about everything going wrong in my house.